0: stories this week, they point us to prioritizing the needs of people to thrive. That's really the point of this week's story. Uh, survival isn't enough. We, we are worth more than, than just survival. We are also worth more than a few people in society thriving while the rest of us simply survive. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 432. Our title this week is... Is our collective thriving, and our reading is from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 13 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. In Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So, so this week, let's begin by intentionally rejecting um, anti-Semitic interpretations of this week's reading. This passage isn't a, a Christianity versus Judaism argument against the Sabbath. It, it it represents an argument within Judaism and among Jewish people about what constitutes valid sabbath observance and what actions violate the sabbath remember jesus was an observant jew you can uh, he was a, a, a think of luke 4:16 which tells us it was his custom uh his sabbath keeping was part of his tradition it's telling that that this passage also ends with all the jewish people agreeing with Jesus' interpretation of how Sabbath observance should meet people's needs. So this story is not anti-Jewish, nor is it anti-Sabbath. In Luke's Jesus story, there is a a social debate on what's permissible what is permissible action on the sabbath and and what actions the sabbath should prioritize judaism has always uh, justified uh, temporarily setting aside sabbath restrictions for any condition that was life threatening so whatever people needed to survive that was always permitted on the sabbath in this week's reading we encounter a condition that's not life threatening but uh, a story that, that, that uh, paints the, a condition that's simply preventing this woman from thriving. In other words, it's not preventing her from surviving, it's preventing her from thriving. And I'll address uh, the ableism uh, that's in this story in just a moment also. But but first, this story is one of the, the healing stories in Luke's Gospel that creates tension uh, between different priorities. It's pitting people's needs for thriving uh, and not simply surviving. Against the demands of Sabbath observance. And this theme reoccurs uh, across uh, the canonical Jesus stories. You can find it in Luke 14, 1 through 6, Mark 3, 1 through 6, John 5, 1 through 9, and John 9, 1 through 7. There's also an economic and labor justice component to the Sabbath that we have to understand too in this story. Uh, consider the Sabbath commandment all the way back in Exodus. It says in Exodus 20, 8 through 11, right? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Own it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your male or female servant nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Inherent in the original Sabbath institution was an element of economic and labor justice for workers. And today I would argue that that one day is is simply just not enough to ensure that laborers, workers, or employees are not being exploited. And I wasn't alive in the time of Exodus but I would guess that it was only a start back then too and also notice that the sabbath commandment in Exodus it doesn't put the onus on the children slaves animals vulnerable immigrants who uh, it doesn't put the responsibility on them to refuse to work for for those who were subjugating them and this would only if it if it were it would only place undue stress on them adding moral implications to something in which they had really no choice about but but the The commandment, rather, it is addressed to parents, masters, livestock owners, and to apply this to our context, the Sabbath commandment does not tell employees not to work for their employers on the Sabbath. The commandment tells employers not to exploit their employees and not make their employees work on every day of the week. If someone is working on the Sabbath, the person responsible is their employer, who demands that labor be done, not the employee that's faced with the choice between observing a Sabbath or putting food on their family's table. And as as the Gospel of Mark reminds us, remember, the Sabbath was made for people. And people weren't made for the Sabbath. That's in Mark 2, 27-28. This is a deeply Jewish theme of contrasting people's strict religious observances with uh, uh, their actions about others' concrete justice needs. We encounter this contrast of values and prior priorities All the way back in the prophetic justice tradition of the Hebrew scriptures. This is uh, Isaiah uh, 1 11 through 17. It reads, "The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me?" says the Lord. "I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams, of fat of the fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. When you come before, come to appear before me, who ask this of you? This trampling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbath, convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts." your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So today, I think this still tracks. We still see in our communities uh, some of us who can be very intentional about our observances within our religion while we ignore the social justice concerns of others. And Christians can sometimes be among the worst offenders in this. But but, but the last thing to note this week is that this is, as I mentioned previously, it's an ableist story story. the And I'll put a link to, if you're not familiar with ableism, I'll put a link to it in this week's East side. But the intention of the Jesus story here is to portray a Jesus who sought to liberate people from suffering, whatever the form of that suffering. And, and I'm thankful for this, but we have to also understand our own ableism. It includes the presumption that all disabled people want to be cured. That they, they don't. Some people who live with disabilities see their disability as as part of the variety within the humanities, uh, within hu- the human race's potential, um, not as something wrong with them that needs to be fixed, but just as as the variety that 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 uh, humanity is possible of producing. And this can be very difficult to get folks without disabilities to understand. As the colloquialism states, fish don't know they're wet. And people who aren't disabled, they often don't perceive the assumptions that their own experience uh, or experiences, rather, cause them to, to make about people with disabilities. Consider that the gospel solution is never to change the society that people who are living with disabilities are living in so that they don't experience discrimination, marginalization, or exclusion. The gospel solution is always instead to transform the disabled person, the individual, to align or harmonize with their society so that the social, religious, political, or economic stigmas attached to their disability are no longer present. The action restores the person with a disability to their community rather than calling the community Itself to change and 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 to challenge or reject uh, the, their own stigma toward people with disabilities. And some will challenge my critique here, and that's okay. But but the question we have to ask in each story is where is change taking place? Is the person with the disability being transformed, or is the society those people live in being changed? Is in some of the stories, um, an, an argument could be made for both. But in every story, the person with the disability experiences a change to, re, to remove the, the stigma that's being applied to them by their society. And this is one of the shortcomings of the Jesus stories that Jesus followers today, I believe, have to acknowledge. And, and it doesn't mean that these stories have no value. What it does mean is that we can still highly value the Jesus story and note where we could do better today. The ethical spirit of, of Jesus that we love so much, it also sets us on a trajectory toward telling more life-giving stories that don't marginalize anyone, including people who live with disabilities. And the stories this week, they point us to prioritizing the needs of people to thrive. That's really the point of this week's story. Uh, Survival isn't enough. We we are worth more than, than just survival. We are also worth more than a few people in society thriving while the rest of us simply survive or don't even do that. This week's story it calls us to attend to things that enable all of us to thrive together about our collective thriving without anyone being marginalized. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, share an experience where you were faced with a conflict between concrete physical needs and honoring religious observances or practices and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.